podcast. All right. Um, podcast. Would you like to just start? Podcast two. Initiated. Okay. Can we talk about your hat? Yeah. How's it look? Did it work? Did it work? It looks <laughs> flat. I can't tell. I mean, this isn't a very fair like view of okay. it. Yeah. I, the hat, I think the hat came out pretty good. The only problem is there's no adjustment. I think the logo is too high up, but she can't right. make any adjustments to it because it is barely covering where the Ethica logo used to be on the hat. So would you like to tell people about your master plan here with the, yeah, uh, so I'm not going to sell these, but I'm going to make these kind of like team moto Academy hats and give them out to important personnel or maybe students once they've earned it in some way but basically the ethica hat is my favorite hat of all time and i have not been able to find a hat that is equal to it so i just took the patch off and then went to a tailor and they sewed on moto academy patch <laughs> i feel like it looks decent i would prefer it be lower but again you can't i can't you can't adjust it yeah how about this what about this hoodie dude the hoodie's sick this is my favorite hoodie it ah uh... Yeah, you came out with it at totally the wrong time, but <laughs> you know, I know that's okay. I know. No, it's a sick but, hoodie. I've seen it in person once, and it's like thick. I, I'm catching myself warm. now looking at the thing, and I, I didn't do that last time. I don't think I just looked at you last time, didn't I? Uh, yeah. Why? Is, yeah. What does that have to do with anything that we're talking well, about? I want to make sure that I'm just consistently not looking at my camera and then back down to you. Okay, Dan. I don't, well, it didn't matter until you said something about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The hoodie's sick. I think this line of merch is the best we've had for sure. We're getting there. Um, also I just sent seven designs over to BG <clears throat> mm -hmm. and they're really good. So I sent over a handful from maybe off white or Balenciaga and they're like designer brands that I liked the designs that they had or font that they had. And we're going to do a run that's similar to that. It just sort of aged up a little bit. It's something that's less, I don't know, you know, I'm just trying to make it stuff that people want to wear or at least stuff that I want to wear. The problem is some of the stuff that I want to wear sells terribly. Isn't that and weird? And then all of a sudden we'll release like the stupid, you know, a pink shirt with a graphic on it and it sells extremely well. And I'm like, oh, gosh, darn it. Yeah. I mean, well, that's the story of our lives. The videos we love making, nobody watches. <laughs> I know. And watch. I just scheduled that GoPro video, me on the 22 and a half factory oh, edition. Oh, it'll kill it. I bet you that'll go number one on out of the 10. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it took me 15 minutes to just slap a GoPro on and press play. It By the way, so. that KTMs bike was the good. best 450 I've ever ridden. Really? Mm -hmm. The 22 and a half? By, by a lot. What? Yeah. Wait, so what was the bike that Stepic has? Not that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this is very similar, but the 22 and a half has like a quick shift button. It has some different controls on the handlebars, which are fairly irrelevant, but... Tyler's bike is a 22, which is the older body style, I'm pretty sure. And I think they changed it for like 22 and a half, which is technically a 23. Mm -hmm. It seemed, I think it's different than Tyler's bike. Sweet. Where'd you I'm ride sure it? Everything's different, but I have no idea. I don't know. Where did you ride it? At that R3 track, which, which is where you, in Tennessee. Okay. Amazing, amazing track. Really? The best, the best dirt ever. 
Yeah. So like next year when we cut down our travel schedule. Oh, nice shirt, by the way. I just hey, thanks, man. Yeah. Hmm. Just repping the brand. Just repping the brand. Next year when we cut down to, you know, from 65 classes down to 20 or whatever we go to, we are definitely going to hit R3 and have that on the schedule. Sweet. Because that is in the, in my top three favorite tracks. When you were down at a class recently, uh, did you meet the 110 winner? Yeah. Wicked good kid. Bryson is so, awesome. So shout out Bryson if he's listening to it. Tell me more. We have picked a winner, which we have not publicly even announced this. We need to make sure. Are, it's on are my list today. That? What? It's on my list to edit that video today. Okay. And then that will just get tossed into a, one of the vlogs. Yeah, I have no idea. Or just at least put on Instagram or something. Right. I'll make it cool. I'll put music to it and stuff. Yeah. So we... We were sitting right, I was sitting right here actually, and I FaceTimed the winner. So the way it works is the sweepstakes company picks a winner. They send over the information. So we had a phone number and I just cold called, just FaceTime that phone number. And Bryson's mom picked up the FaceTime while gardening, just out in the garden. And I go, hi, I'm AJ Catanzaro. And I just expecting that they don't know who I am, right? Because there's, I'm sure a lot of people that see the ads and they're like, want to win the bike. So they just purchase something, not knowing what Moto Academy is, who I am, any of that. And, um, she answers and knows who I am right away. And then her son, Bryson, who she had just signed up for a class for R3, which was a couple of days ago is standing next to her helping with yard work. So she puts the phone over to the side and I say hi to Bryson. He was so pumped. So she signed up for two days of R3. So they spent $500. So they had 500 entries and he ended up winning the Honda 110. Freaking awesome. I wish I could have coordinated it because it was perfect. The fact that I was going to Tennessee that next week to have class with him. But, uh, of course now it's going to cost me a bunch more money. Where is the pit bike? Like uh, Ohio or something? Oh, it's in Ohio. Yeah. Well, yeah. oh, well. <laughs> oh, I get so confused. So those listening, I, the van is either in Ohio or Pennsylvania. Right and now it's, it's in California. It's always a matter of trying to coordinate <laughs> where the dirt bikes are in relation to where the van is. Yeah. But the van's in California now. Van's in California now with Tyler Stepik. Shout out Tyler Stepik. What day is it today? The first outdoor tomorrow. Dude. Yeah. Hot diggity dang. How did, I, I'm so stoked. I don't even know how to watch it because I don't think it's in the same place as Supercross. I don't know how to watch it either. And I really hope I don't have to buy another subscription. I got an email about it the other day and it was like, oh, you have to buy a $6 a month subscription to Mav TV Plus. I'm like, you got to be freaking kidding me. But motocross is kind of like killing themselves in that regard. <laughs> yeah. Well, I whatever. like watching it more. There's just something... F- really fun about watching there's so many more variables supercross is uh, it's supercross is still not a controlled environment necessarily because every single lap you come around it's it is very very different but outdoors just being a wider track just having more options more traditional uh passing options it just i I miss it in that sense a lot yeah I There's can't wait to so go to much some to watch. This so year. much happening. I've been to like I think four motocross races in my life. Which ones? Uh, I went to Southwick twice when I was a kid. Um, and I've been to Unadilla the last two years, and I went to Southwick last year. So I guess that's more than four. So on, so you've only been to Unadilla and Southwick. Yes, yeah, it. Okay, 
Unidil is a good one. Southwick, not so much to watch because Southwick, you can't really see, right? You, no, you can't see anything. Unidil, so you many, can see everything, but yeah. But I'm like a little kid, of course. Like I want to be like right up against the track anyway. Like I run around the whole time. Literally, the first time that my friends and I went to Unadilla, they all like sat on the big hill at Unadilla over by Skyshot, mm-hmm. you know. And I was like, "See ya!" And I just went on my own for like the last moto because I was like, "I'm not gonna sit up here. Like I, this is a worse view than TV." Like, <laughs> yeah, and outdoors sometimes you can situate yourself to where you're right there. I know it's good to right be in the there. center. Like if you can get in the infield, which you gotta pay obviously but it's like it's legit it's awesome um i just saw a clip of anderson i was trying to think of who it was of anderson at Paula for the press day that they had on tuesday Mm -hmm. and it just made me think of how much more in my opinion now this will be interesting i would ask you the same or we could ask the audience to uh to comment below and let us know I saw this clip and I'm like, he must be going 70 miles an hour. And it made me think outdoors is way more dangerous than supercross. And I think that the stigma is the exact opposite. I think yeah, people think, Oh, supercross, you know, death cross, like those guys are, you know, on the verge of killing themselves all the time, but the speeds are so much more low. I personally, I would choose supercross for safety purposes. 10 times out of 10, like outdoors is scary. Really? Yeah. I mean, because I would agree. I would say Supercross is more dangerous than outdoors. I would agree with everybody else. I mean, I've never yeah. ridden Supercross. I, just, I think it's just a matter of lowering speeds. Is Well, actually, I had the same conversation with Carmichael and Emig and talking about how do you make Supercross safer. And my argument was make the tracks more technical so that the speeds are slower because ultimately like the mile per hour is what mattered. So if you're crashing at 20 miles an hour, as opposed to 35 miles an hour, that makes a huge difference. And then you go from supercross to outdoors, instead of crashing at 30 miles an hour, now you're crashing at 55 or 60 miles an hour. Yeah. That's the way that I look at it. Well, I just think the reason people think that as well as myself is just because I feel like there's a lot more bad crashes in Supercross right now than there are outdoors. Yeah, but then you watch like the MXGP highlights, and is it not every weekend somebody is just yeah. launching through the air and so, having like the most catastrophic crash you've ever seen? This is a super overdone topic, but I do want to hear your thoughts on it. Okay. Why is Europe and all those guys so much better at motocross than us? Because it was never that way. But in the last like five, six years, it has totally flipped upside down. And now we're just getting whipped at motocross nations. Yeah. It's just because we're all supercross specialists now. Nobody really cares. Outdoors is, a, is an afterthought. So unless somebody gets hurt in supercross and it times out perfectly to where they can get additional outdoor prep, everybody's main focus, everybody's main off season is all supercross. So... <laughs> we're better at supercross and they're better at outdoors and look at the outdoor tracks that they're riding constantly they're riding in terrible conditions a lot of the time sandy conditions tracks that aren't maintained the way that u.s tracks are maintained like of course the fact that we were better for as long as we were didn't even make sense Hmm. it makes sense that we should get annihilated now that's why it's going to be interesting seeing caroli what place would you guess that caroli would get dude oh that's a great question i have no idea but he's he'll be top five i don't think he'll win to be honest i why what do you think well i don't know i mean i would 
I wouldn't be surprised if he won. You think he, he you think he wins round one? Mm, well, okay, let's see. Paula. I don't know if Paula would. I don't think Paula would necessarily suit his style. Mm -hmm. I think that would suit more of an American rider style because it's just sort of high speed and California hard pack ish. I think Tomac wins round one. Yeah. I don't uh, think that's far But off. I bet you Caroli will be on or near the podium. And I bet you Caroli will win a race. Oh, absolutely. I don't know if he'd I, win the I bet you Caroli wins like high point. Really? Yeah. Or Southwick. The thing Probably is Southwick. like, <laughs> I've never, yeah, that would make sense. I've never followed MXGP. I really don't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. I know Caroli and I know yeah. Hurlings and that's it. Like those are the only two riders that I could name out of MXGP. Really? And yeah. that's sad. I, I know more about it than that, but <laughs> not as much as I should. I just don't have time to watch full races. I do try to watch the highlights and just generally keep up with it. But I'm excited for making more Moto Academy YouTube videos starting again this weekend. Jack's going to start recording them and yep. sending over clips. And I think there will be a lot more highlights for outdoors because you're getting a lot more footage. Right. You have two, two hours worth of racing. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. You know, so, and I think the information is a lot more relatable for the average person. Right. Because it's moto. My break breakdowns in supercross sometimes get so specific that it's like somebody that doesn't know much about supercross would have no idea. And they would just, it would go right over their head. Okay. Where outdoors, it's, it should be relatable. I got to know. Yeah. Where I think the big, I think even more than Caroli, where the heck does Dungey finish round one? Hmm. I would guess seventh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just, just that one, not eighth, not sixth, seventh. <laughs> seventh. Okay. That seventh. would be pretty good if he got it. came. I think it'll be, be amazing. Some, I think he'll be in the top 10, but I, ah, uh, dude, I want nothing more than to Dun for Dungey to come back and just smoke everybody get a top five i think that'd be the coolest thing ever i think top 10 is probably where he'll be if he if he lands outside of the top 10 i'll be a little bit bummed but then again dude i mean it, it's stacked like it's very hard to say i wouldn't surprise i wouldn't be surprised if he got 12th and i wouldn't be super surprised if he got third i think yeah, regardless right. <laughs> of where he finishes in that i it's crazy crazy impressive if i if I had made that much money when I was that young and then straight up just retired at 26 and had been retired for, how long has he been retired for? Five years? Yeah, five, six years. Do you know how out of shape I, I would be on the bike? I'd be even more out of shape on the bike than I am right now. I'd be able to do half a lap. Yeah. And Dungy's just not that type though. I'm sure he's just going to come right back in and be one of the top three most fit guys out there. I mean, obviously the races haven't started and by the, like, the races haven't started, but man, he looks like he's just right where he left off. Oh, and by the time when this podcast comes out, the, the first race will have happened. So, yeah, well, I, I'm going to try to actually edit this podcast today. Oh, cool. Um, especially for people who send in questions. I think it'd be really cool to like see it right away. But um, yeah. Oh, man, I can't wait for tomorrow. I can't. I don't know when I'm going to watch it because like we're going to be gone all weekend and then we yeah. fly out Monday for two more days of shooting. Oh, well, and I still don't week. even fully understand how to watch it. How do you watch it? I don't know. 
Hmm. I don't think it's on NBC Sports, but I don't know. I like got an email the other day from Motor, like Lucas Oil, whatever. And they were like, oh, like pay for this new subscription. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Because it's oh. on Mav TV, which is like super annoying because I don't even think you can get that channel on East Coast. I may be full of crap. Like I just remember I, that. Are from you years sure ago. you can't peacock it again? I hope it's on Peacock. Because last year it was on Peacock, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. It better be on Peacock anyway. Yeah, because Peacock is is pretty, can be, it's just very easy and user-friendly yeah. to be able to like scroll through and skip things and yeah. yeah. Do we want to dive into questions? Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about this weekend first or do you want to talk about that last? Sure. Okay. So this week, what are we doing this weekend? Well, you fly to my lovely hometown of Vermont today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally today. Don't know why we aren't recording this in person, but it's fine. You know, what's funny is every time we're going to record a podcast is the one day that I'm home, meaning that I will always be catching a flight. Like later in the day. Yeah. My so gosh. people that listen to this, <laughs> Moto Academy people will start to get a taste maybe of my stupid travel schedule. <laughs> yeah. Because it's always, last time I was catching a flight, right? And this time I'll be catching a flight in three hours. Yeah. Allie's a saint. What time do you land? Seven something? Six something? No, no idea. I'm okay. Not. Well, when you get here, um, we were going to shoot. So also Moto Academy people, we're going to shoot a video. Seven. seven. You land at seven? 6.53. Perfect. PM. Got it. Dude, um, you're going to land right when the storm rolls in. It is going to mm-hmm. rain all day tomorrow at class. It is? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so that'll be fun. Um, it's, it's supposed to rain hard tonight and then tomorrow just be kind of like drizzling throughout the day. Okay. But bogey bros, like it might be fine. That track needs water. Like it does. I'd rather that than bogey bro- brothers when it gets dry. Yeah, is, it's rough. Forget about it. Yeah, yeah. It's like moon dust. Um, and it's all on a big hill. So if it rains a lot, I feel like it just kind of will wash to the bottom and we'll be good. Oh, I think we'll be fine. Should I think be, we'll be fine. Yeah. So should I do have fine. a I do have a question for you. <laughs> okay. Um, should I? Okay. So Sunday after class. So Sunday, I, I got my church job in the morning. So I'll get to class at like two. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and the crew's coming. So Josh and Kip, we have all the bikes loaded up and we're just going to ride after oh, class. Cool. Like we won't bug you during class or whatever. But here's my question. All of the bikes are in the trailer, hooked up to the truck, ready to go right now. Mm-hmm. I could bring okay. it tomorrow or I could save a bunch of money and take the Camry for Saturday because you and I will be the only ones going Saturday. But with that, okay, here's my next thing. Really? The only reason I bring the truck and I don't really care. I'll bring the truck. If you want, um, my bike to shoot videos on. Yeah. I don't need it though. We'll figure it out. Okay. But if we don't take the truck tonight, you and I are going to load my pit bike into the Camry. (laughs) Okay. Into the back seat and see if we can make it work because I want my pit bike Saturday at the very least in the mud. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just want, right. I, I just want to, I want to, cru- cause you know, with Vermont weather, dude, it could be sunny all day. Yeah. I hope it rains. So I, I hope it rains. Well, Sunday will be perfect if it rains all day, Saturday, like that track will be so mint on Sunday. The but, weather for New York looks good at least. Oh, good. So anyway, I don't know how if uh, loading my pit bike into a Camry is going to work, but we're going to give it a shot. Oh, God. So what, we'd have to smell fuel the whole way in the car? Can't wait for that. Oh, my gosh. You'll be fine. Um, <laughs> you're going to love where I live, though. We might have to fight off bats. 
I keep forgetting that I'm not going back to your parents' house. That's going to be weird. Are yeah. you closer to the airport? I'm five minutes. Wow. It's unbelievable. I'm so close to everything now. Can you're going to love eat it. when I land? Yes. That was going to be my next question. Okay. Would you mind if we had guests for dinner? Oh, of course not. Okay. As cool. long as I can get a good meal, where do we want to go? Didn't you say you have a good hibachi place by you or no? Oh, yeah. Well, we've been there before. Do you want to go there again? Sure. Oh, sick. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I freaking love that place. Good. Done. Okay. All right, we're going okay. to Kodo. <laughs> I went to Ruth's Chris by myself yesterday. <laughs> no, you did not. I spent $200 just on myself. Oh, my gosh. I, and I sat at the bar. Yep. And just started ordering. And this bartender was probably like, what is going on here? And I finished. So what I get? I got an appetizer, like stuffed mushrooms for an appetizer. I got a glass of red wine. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sitting there sipping the red wine, having the appetizer. And then I got the ribeye, which was the most expensive thing on the menu with <laughs> three sides, which if Ruth's Chris, all ha it has shareable sides. They're family style. Right? Yeah. So I got Brussels sprouts, mashed potatoes and mushrooms for sides. And I finished the 16 ounce ribeye thing was massive and polish off all the sides. And then I got creme brulee. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and she was just like, really? You're going to keep going. I'm like, yeah, creme brulee. And it was all mm, chef's kiss. It was <laughs> delicious. And Akeem, yep. AJ number two, went to Ruth's Chris uh, last night. Wow. Yeah. Definitely don't have that in Vermont. Oh, it comes out on the hot plate, just sizzling. I've never been. You just got to... What? I've still never been to Ruth's Chris. Oh. Have you every been to Morton's with me? No. Oh. Every time you guys went to one of those places, I was flying in at midnight during Supercross. Oh. You Both are I mean? very good. Ruth's Chris, the benefit of that is it comes out on a plate that's like 500 degrees, so you could cook your steak on it, just sizzles, mm. and it keeps the steak warm. Mm. Uh, you just got to be real careful on those first couple bites because it'll get you. And if you fry your tongue on the first couple bites, then your taste oh, buds are all screwed up. For yeah, the, the, meal meal, shot, so. the meal yeah. shot. The meal shot. That'd be a bummer. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll do hibachi. I'll try to call and make a reservation. Um, mm, that sounds good. Okay. Oh, yeah. So you land at Happy seven. Oh, please don't get delayed. I, oh, it's it's raining a lot here, too. If I get delayed, oh, I'm not be surprised. And the rain's just coming up here, so it's going to be gnarly. But I'll, I'll make a reservation and maybe it'll work. Um, all right. Do we want to take some questions? Yes. Uh, is that all we need to talk about for this weekend? Well, let's, so. let's preface this too as Absolutely. well. So those of you that listening, which anybody listening to this, the full, the full podcast will always live only at least for now in the Moto Academy. So those of you listening to this, you're the only ones subscribers to the app are the only ones able to listen to the full podcast, but we encourage you guys to send through, maybe I should look at the camera for when I say this instead of you mm -hmm. send, send advice, uh, send advice, send questions, uh, seeking advice, whether it be general life advice, advice in school, advice for work, advice for relationships, advice for dirt bike riding, whatever it is. I feel like it, I want to kind of tailor this podcast to advice giving in like a kind of a loose, funny way. Um, and then we also have to preface it by saying the advice that we give is it should be taken with a grain of salt. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Unless it's dirt bike advice, then take that as if it's the gospel because I'm the. So I was just about to say, AJ and I have very moral <laughs> or, or what's the word? Um, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's explain this too, because this is why I had the idea and I thought that <laughs> we, we thought that this would be a funny idea. The reason AJ just hesitated um, <laughs> is because we have very different worldviews. How about that? We'll call it, mm. we'll call it, we have different worldviews. Yeah. I, yeah. My, my scope on the earth and its people are, is from a biblical worldview uh-huh. and AJ's is not. <laughs> for lack of a better term. <laughs> so, um, so it should be interesting how we, how we give advice. It should be interesting. Um, so we have, <laughs> we have 10 questions that were sent oh, in. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A lot. Um, well, maybe we don't do all the 10, but maybe we save some. Well, we'll th- so this we is what I'm going to say. We'll just see how it goes. Um, but just do so we you have guys. names? Or oh, we, shoot. Do sure we don't. worry about names? Some people said their name. Okay. Didn't think about, this is the first time we did this. We, we yep. haven't thought about this. This is a, this is a test run. But like thank it. you all who sent in videos. If you sent in multiple videos, we will only be answering one of your multiple videos today. Okay. But we are going to be saving your other videos for the next podcast. So don't worry. We'll still answer all your questions. So you got that many. Thank you guys for doing that, by the way. Super cool. Um, super cool. Yeah. I'm kind I of surprised we create a call to action and people are always on, on the ball. Especially when we're like, Thank hey, you, you have two hours to send yeah. in a video. And that's question. always how it is. A um, lot of writing questions, but a couple that aren't. So okay, should, should we just give her a go? Fire away. All right. First one. Hi guys, it's Blake. I'm trying to convince my parents to make a track in my yard. Any idea that, like, how I could convince them? <laughs> Great question. Wow, Blake. Okay. Great so question. How can you convince your parents? I thought he was gonna. I thought he was going to uh, the direction of asking for track layout advice. No, we just got to convince his parents, who was def- who were definitely filming the video, mind you. Okay, so uh, <laughs> man. How do you convince your parents? I was listening to a podcast this morning, Rob Deerdeck actually, and he was telling he was telling the story of how he convinced his parents to let him get homeschooled. Oh, dude, I begged my whole life to be homeschooled. And didn't work? Didn't work. I blame I didn't my brother. Even, I didn't have to do much convincing at all. Yeah. No, I got homeschooled after freshman year. And I don't recall doing much convincing. I think my parents just <laughs> said yes <laughs> yeah which I, could have very easily backfired but it didn't so blake how do you convince your parents well start small okay. this is going to be my advice what do you right. always say aj what's the best thing you can have in your yard a turn track turn track 100 percent. start there and mm-hmm. then grab a shovel no uh, <laughs> i mean here's the thing like well just yeah let them know that it doesn't have to be a big track it could be a six second long turn track it could be an oval it could be a figure eight something that takes up maybe you know 40 square feet of space super super small especially blake since you're on a little bike still right, right? neighbors shouldn't care much <laughs> if you're still on a little bike right that's the yeah, other piece of it sell them on the safety standpoint that's what i would do because if you're riding every day, even for just a half hour or an hour on a turn track, you're going to become very, very good. And it's only going to help you when you go to the track. That would be actually the most beneficial thing that you could do. If I had access to a a turn track or something, a figure eight, an oval in my backyard when I was young, that could have been a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I grew up, um, we were super blessed in the sense of we had 10 acres of land, not by many neighbors. Um, and my parent and like we had a backyard basically and a front yard. The front yard was probably six or seven acres. The backyard was just a couple. 
and the backyard had terrible dirt and the grass didn't grow all this stuff. So my parents let me build a track there. Uh, and I mean, it was an operation. Like we had dirt brought in. It was like, it was a whole deal. Um, but and again, what ends up happening, dude, is you bring all the dirt in and then the jumps kind of end up sucking anyways, because you realize how much dirt you need to build like a legitimate jump. Oh, I know. It was so, unbelievable. And dirt's expensive it, too. But, expensive. Right. Yeah. But here's the yeah. deal. Like every turn track, um, turn track it. Yeah. I think a turn track's a good plan. Also, it isn't going to destroy the grass. But the other thing I would say, mm. um, and I'm actually talking to, and again, this is all with a grain of salt, everybody. I am totally not a parent and totally not telling you <laughs> like how to be a parent. I don't know. But I'm talking to my one friend who has a kid who's into riding all this stuff. Um, and I'm like, hey, the, the window's small. You know, the window where you can go ride with your kids, the window where they're going to want to be riding or whatever, like the window's short for the mm-hmm. most part. Um. And you know, yeah, what, if, it, age, if it ruins the grass, you know, it ruins the grass. <laughs> eight to age eight to 14 or 15, probably, because then they're getting into high school. They're getting into girls and cars and whatever else and just growing up. And then the parents aren't going to want to be paying for the kid. The kid can't afford to ride. That's that's why I see the least amount of like 16 to 26 year old people at my classes, because that's the when kind of life hits. Right. right. So, yeah, that is a small window. Yeah, uh, Blake, but, Blake, Blake's parents build a corner track next video, which really doesn't hit us with it. That, that really doesn't like take any building either. But uh, yeah, just right. Just cut it in. Yeah, but it's fun. You know, it's fun yeah. till up the ground a little bit, maybe and get her get her going. Um, I like it. Blake's but yeah, man. just oh, you know what? Her, you know what? His parents probably wanted us to say, do your chores, mm. listen to your parents and maybe mm. they'll build you a track. How about that? Yep. <laughs> no, I like we're, that. we're over here telling the parents to just do it. <laughs> All right. Oh my gosh. All right. You ready for the next question? Hey, Cam and AJ, this is a question for your podcast. Um, I'm a vet rider and I also have some kids that ride as well. And uh, I was just looking for some advice on how to make my time at the track most efficient, uh, balancing my ride time al- along with the kids. And I also have a couple acres of land that I can work with at home. So is there some drills that I could do at the house um, to benefit me when I do make it to the track? Because I can't make it to the track every weekend. Um, So is there something I could be doing at home? And then when I get to the track, I'm using the best resources of my time when I'm able to go out and do a couple motos. And then obviously with the kids, uh, their ride time as well. Thanks, guys. Oh, that's easy. So just do the four sets, which is stand up only, sitting down with feet on the pegs, one hand, and then normal, where normal is just simply you could stand and sit where you would normally want to stand and sit. You could put your foot out for a turn if there is a specific turn where you want to practice that. I would recommend going feet on the pegs the whole time. Uh, And then just rotating through those four sets. So you don't need that big of a track. Two acres is way too much. Uh, you probably only need about like a quarter of an acre and just cut in a six to 10 second turn track. The best type of turn track I find is a bean shape. So, uh, you would have like a left, create a longer straightaway. So that way you can kind of get up to a little bit of speed, right? Maybe second gear on the throttle pretty hard. Then you're going to go left, right, left. And it's just a bean. 
and you can hit that bean both directions. You do three minute sets, super short sets. It's going to feel like a long time. And those four standing up, uh, feet on the pegs, one hand and normal and just rotate through different directions. You could ride for an hour a day and have the most productive riding of all time. Yep. Boom. What about uh, balance drill, like with the throttle? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's actually a great one too. So if you want to set up a start line and a finish line, uh, you can do the slow race with the bike started, which is not only going to work like being able to modulate and work the front and rear brake, it's going to help with balance and just bike control and then also clutch control. I do this mostly on a downhill with the bike off, but you could do it on the flat ground with the bike on and you're just going to be in first gear, barely going. You could set up your start and finish line maybe as far away as you want. You could do it 25, 30 feet. You could do it 50 feet just see how long it takes and time yourself to get from the start to the finish where like I've gotten good enough at it now where I can basically start and then just get myself to a balance point and just sit there balancing for minutes. Um, and that creates good bike skill and then it creates really good clutch, clutch control too, because you have to just really finesse that clutch to go nice and slow. What else? Yeah. I, I would was say between say corner track and that, yeah, especially so as much a productivity as a vet rider, that's probably where you want to be. But the other things that you always preach, AJ, is just doing bike skill stuff. Like if you want to get really like technical, slow wheelies, mm-hmm. stoppies, all yeah. of those you can do in a backyard. And guess what? You'd probably have a blast for an hour, you know, even though you're not out of track. Like I yeah, and jumping is the easy part anyways. Uh, so it's like, yeah, create all that bike skill on the ground. It's low risk. If you're doing wheelies and you loop out, your slow wheelie shouldn't be more than five miles an hour anyways. So that's what I would do. Yeah. And it's fun. When you get good at it, when you get good at a turn track, there's nothing more fun than a turn track. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. There's your advice. Boom. Make it happen. Next question. Turn tracks. You'll like this one. You ready? Just because of the location. You want to know my answer to it? What? Build a turn track. Yeah. That's going to be my answer to every single question. So this one, question. all right, here we go. Okay, I'm ready. Cameraman Cam, hey, AJ. Hey, as you can see, I'm at uh, the airport, Detroit airport, uh, working all week, uh, traveling around, hoping to do some riding this weekend. going to have to drive to the track. I was wondering if you guys had any advice when it comes to uh, keeping your energy up and keeping your enthusiasm up when traveling to go riding. Thanks, guys. Love it. Dude, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm excited about answering these questions. It's a good question. Uh, yeah. And if man, shoot, if anybody can answer that, I can. So let's see, you're going to want to start with a Starbucks grande vanilla sweet cream cold brew. Absolutely. And then you're going to want to pop two, uh, B12 chewables. I put them under my tongue and just let them dissolve B12 key. Um, lots of hydrate on a serious note, just hydrate when you're on the plane, you're going to be dehydrated. When you're traveling, you're going to be dehydrated. Do not drink Oh, I'm going to go off on all different tangents. Uh, if you're flying, whatever airline you fly, you're basically either going to get Dasani or Aquafina. Both are terrible choices. Spend the $6 and get the Voss water or get the Fiji or get some type of spring water would be the best bet. Uh, because you don't want to drink that purified Dasani crap or Aquafina. It's just not going to do you any favors. Um, and then just make sure you're sleeping because I could have the hardest days of all time 
and I sleep my nine or 10 hours, which I know is extreme. And some people just don't have the schedules to be able to do that, but make your schedule be able to fit that because I could sleep for my nine hours and wake up after the most exhausting day of all time. And then I'm like a brand new guy ready to go again. Yeah. Flying is very difficult. I am always super dehydrated when I'm traveling. Um, yeah. Cause it's just inconvenient. You don't have to get up and then you're like on the, you already got the window seat. It's like a whole thing, but I think you just yeah, gotta do yeah. it anyway. You know? Yeah. Now yeah, get a window seat, but also you shouldn't be peeing super frequently. I mean, you should be going to the bathroom once every hour and a half maybe. So depending, unless you're flying coast to coast, that's a couple bathroom trips, but most flights from Detroit East or Detroit West, you're not more than two hours. So one bathroom trip a flight, that's easy enough. Yeah. Sleep a lot, all the basic stuff, because it's not that hard. I travel more than probably 99.9% .9 of people in this world, right? And I don't <laughs> even think it's that hard. Yeah. And and on the terms of being motivated, dude, just like, cause I've- You're I've, riding a dirt bike. I, so I was just about to say that. It's like, you know, we have, any, any of us who like get to ride dirt bikes on the weekend, that's as cool as it gets. There is nothing, you can't do anything cooler on the weekend than go ride a dirt bike, in my opinion. Unless you're like driving a rally car, but who does that? So, dirt bikes <laughs> like, are cooler anyways. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, I've had it a couple times where I've had like, basically like, dude, I work as many hours as it takes on the week, uh, during the week, so I can go ride on the weekend. Like, and sometimes weather doesn't work out or whatever, but I'll put in 15, 16 hour days just so I can go ride on Saturday and not feel bad about it. But there's been a couple moments where like I get to the track and I'm like, oh, I'm just still tired. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, I guess I always, I don't know if I ever feel 100% or not. Yeah. So what do you do? Uh, so my order is a Grande Nitro Vanilla Sweet okay. Cream Colder. Way better okay. than what AJ gets. Nitro is way better. Um, By the way, both of these drinks are probably not good for you. No, they're like, also they're like $6 plus. It's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, you know what else is very important to get? What's that? Coffee cake, not heated up. Dude, the fact that you don't heat up your coffee cake makes you a monster. Uh, you want to know what else? And this is actually a healthy thing. Oatmeal from yeah. Starbucks. We do. Yeah. Delish. So ever since we were in Florida at the 83 compound, all this stuff, we did a day without eating or drinking at 83 compound and we were both about to die at 4 PM. Um, we had a call with Evan and ever since we had that call with Evan, we get oatmeal at Starbucks whenever we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that trial, that call was the catalyst for that, which is, that's funny. Yeah. But uh, dude, I would say just like oatmeal is good for me anyway, you, you just got to remember like, for, this is like what I tell myself and this is the only advice I can get give is like, I'm so thankful to be able to ride dirt bikes and be healthy and have fun and have fun with my friends. And it's like, at the end of the day, like, even if you have to remind yourself of that, that's fine. Cause like, dude, it's, it's cool. What we get to do like, and the other advice that I would give is rest doesn't always come from sleeping. You might disagree, but my most restful days are on dirt bikes. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not, it's mentally taxing, but in a fun type of way, it's not like you're just getting, uh, another, been listening to a lot of Rob Deerdick lately. 
It is <laughs> dirt biking. It is something that gives you energy. It doesn't take energy from you in a negative sense, right? Where busy work or work in general can be mentally taxing and drain energy, take energy from you. Where riding a dirt bike, if you're doing it the right way, as far as like mentally knowing how to approach it and knowing that dirt bike is the best thing, it's like the most fun thing ever, gives you energy. Like think about, we leave after a long day of these classes at 4.30 and I'm full of energy. Yeah, oh, yeah, I might hit a wall two hours later, but when I leave that class, like I am just jacked up because everybody was excited. I'm talking left and right. Just like everybody's excited to be there. It makes me appreciate being there um, and it gives me energy. Yeah. Dirt bikes are awesome. You know? Uh, Hope that answered like that question. That. I like that question. Yep. I like that question. You're welcome for the answer. Starbucks, vanilla, sweet cream, cold brew. Uh, nitro. Grande. Get nitro. It is way better. It's way better. Unless you're a sissy, then you can get the normal. Um, I love how, but by the way, I'm not Black Rifle anymore. So for those of you that are uh, wondering why we're talking about Starbucks, no more Black Rifle. Can we talk about moments when we were sponsored by Black Rifle? Dude, there was, oh. a, I'm just going to say it. We were, where the heck, were, it was freezing. I think we were in Indianapolis, 2021. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So two Supercross seasons ago, my first Supercross season. Mm-hmm. I just have the best clip ever of AJ getting his, in his rental car and just squeezing his Starbucks and it exploded everywhere on the dash, on the door, on the carpet, all this stuff. And then I forget who else was in the car. It was either Akeem or Dave Drake's. It was just like, yeah, man, you're definitely catching that cleaning fee and it was just like the funniest moment ever we couldn't use it because we were sponsored by black rifle i know we filmed like a whole bit around it and then we're like oh it's a starbucks cup didn't think about that oh it was so funny anyway yeah okay next question next all right here we go hit us with it uh we're gonna see this guy uh this weekend oh cool Hi guys, uh, Ghislain from Quebec, Canada. Uh, my question is, uh, what do you eat on the race day or the day before the race day? Thank you. So French Canadian. Yeah, he's from Quebec. So he's actually oh, driving down. French Canadian. He's driving down and he, he showed me a picture in his giant school bus and he's going to stay at Bogey Bros the whole weekend. I can't what wait. Was, what was the question again? I was distracted by the accent. <laughs> okay, so the question is, um, what do you eat on race day and what do you eat the day before race day? Which is totally an avid question, but we'll do yeah, our yeah, best. Yeah, but I'll, to... I'll say what I eat. Yeah, uh, let's hear it. Whoa. You're good. Hey, guys. Let's hear it. Uh, night before the race, my new go-to has, and it's been working f- amazing, is uh, salmon. Yep. Mashed potatoes and asparagus or Brussels sprouts or some type of green with that. Day of a race, we got oatmeal in the morning. Is I'm loving the oatmeal in the morning. Chick-fil-A? <laughs> I don't eat Chick-fil-A the morning of a race. <laughs> Not though. anymore, you don't. Did I at one point? Oh, yeah. No. All last 2021 we did. Before a race? Oh, yeah. Really? You don't remember that? Remember Atlanta? Like the person, the lady at the drive-thru remembered us because it was three races in a row. I know we were hitting that Chick-fil-A a lot, but I didn't know it was the morning of race. Oh, it was morning of race day. Anyway, yeah, so some Chick-fil-A action. So we get the 10 count chicken minis <laughs> and we split it. So don't actually uh, do that on race day, but continue. Oatmeal. Also get the yogurt parfait. Absolutely. Uh, with granola. Absolutely. From Chick-fil-A. Super good. 
what, what I, I don't have the best race day diet. I don't have the best diet period. I kind of just eat whatever I find. What about you, Cam? How do you keep energized on race day? Well, I haven't raced in uh, a very long time, which we should definitely do that sometime. Albert, that'd be a good video. Uh, what race me racing. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be a fun series. If like we did like a five part series of you like training me before a race, I think that'd be yeah, really yeah. interesting. I don't want to race, but we could do it. Um, okay. I don't want to race either. So, okay. Typically when I go ride and I'm totally not the example, Evan's going to rip us a new one for saying yeah, these things. Yeah. Um, typically bagel from Starbucks by okay. nitro cold brew. Uh, okay. lunch, typically subway gross. But it's usually on the way. You can always find a subway. Uh, and then Disgusting. dinner is uh, up for debate. Cheeseburger, okay. steak. <laughs> if you guys really <laughs> want to know the correct answer to this question, type Coach Evan into the direct message. Send him a, ask him a question. Say, hey, day before a race, morning of a race, day of the race, what do I eat? What do you suggest I eat? Coach Evan is strength and conditioning coach. Super knowledgeable in nutrition as well. In fact, we're trying to, if the flights would freaking get a little less expensive, trying to schedule them in to shoot a nutrition masterclass, which will eventually live on the Moto Academy, uh, hopefully within the next three months. But in the time, in the meantime, you can send him a message inside of the app and ask him. Yep. And you're, you'll get a better answer than uh, chicken minis, uh, cold brews, and bagels. Was there ever a time in your racing career where you had a strict eating schedule yeah and it worked worse what i i remember there was an outdoor season uh, my first outdoor season ever 2020 no 2011 i was 16 or 17 and i was eating super clean and i was like 20 without fail at the 18 to 20 minute mark into an outdoor moto i was just toast hmm and I had nothing left. And I, it was because I wasn't, uh, I don't think I was intaking enough calories. So I was like, my body was burning muscle and I, I just could not survive the moto. Hmm. Yeah. So and there was, is a science granted, to it. I was on a 450 and I was only like 140 pounds and I was this 16 year old kid, but on a I just couldn't. Yeah. My first year of outdoors was on a 450. Jesus. Why? And I was fast too. I'd be top 10 until like the, until the 20 minute mark. And then I would just drop like a rock to like, in between 18th and 22nd and it happened every single race that's so frustrating yeah yeah sure is okay okay next, next question. question hope we didn't help uh yeah that was so helpful sorry buddy we'll talk to you this weekend all right here we go hi moto academy community hey my question is getting over the fear of first year of racing and just feeling uh, maybe boxed in a little bit with other riders to where you actually get nauseated and sick and all that good stuff. Um, the mental aspect of it. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. That's all you. Uh, what, first of all, I can relate to that feeling of being nauseated and sick. There's been times where I've been on the line where I thought I could have just crapped my pants at any second. There's also been times when I've been out on the track when I've been so nervous in the moto that hmm. I thought I could crap my pants. Oh, that's actually very interesting. 
oh, I'll never forget my very first arena cross race ever. I was in third on the last lap. And I think I ended up getting third. I got on the podium. The last two laps, riding in third, I couldn't stand up. I had to seat bounce everything because I didn't have my, I was so nervous that my legs didn't have the strength to get me off the seat. And I thought I was going to crap and throw up all at the same time. I was like, the bot, my body's response to how nervous I was, was unbelievable. So I don't get that anymore. And I don't get that anymore pre-race either because I've gotten really good at just recognizing as soon as it starts to set in, sometimes I'll even be having breakfast that morning of a race and I'll start to think into the future a little bit and I'll get nervous and I'll lose my appetite and I won't want to eat. All I do is take a couple deep breaths, think about just my breathing for, it takes five seconds, 10 seconds, and I'll just go back into the moment and forget about what the heck I have to worry about in an hour or five hours or whatever. And I'm totally fine because your body will actually have physiological like responses to nerves or anxiety of like worrying about the future. You just focus on the moment when you're on the line. If you are one that gets super nervous, don't even try to visualize the don't you don't even try to like some people like, Oh, visualize your lap. I would visualize I'd get maybe, let's say I'd visualize myself getting the whole shot. And then I would literally, every time I would visualize myself like blowing the lead (laughs) and just either crashing or just botching a section and everybody going by me, like my visualization would always go a negative route. So for the longest time, I just stopped visualizing. And as soon as I would feel the need to occupy my brain when I was on the line, like as if I had to be visualizing or had to be thinking of something, I would just focus on breathing. And then it will bring you back to the moment, keep you in the now, because as long as like you're focused on the, just the moment and you're breathing, you, you won't worry. And I, I've become very good at that, I think. Yeah. So I would say focus on your breathing, but also don't focus on your breathing because here's how you focus on your breathing, I should say. Right. Because you don't want to, if you focus on your breathing, then you're like, oh, I'm breathing really fast and then it gets worse. Okay. So <laughs> let's, let's be a little more specific. Um, your boy, your mental coach always said box breathing, but the way that sure. I think of Think of it, breathe in for five seconds, hold for five seconds, breathe out five seconds, hold for five seconds and do that loop. Yeah. That's I mean, that's breathing. what, that's what you mean by focus on your breathing. Don't focus on how quickly you're breathing because it's just going to make it worse, but slow it down. You know, five seconds in, hold five seconds, five seconds out, hold five seconds. Yeah. Be intentional with your breathing, I should say, maybe. And then that will make you think about your breathing and only about your breathing and your body will all calm down, your heart rate will go down, you won't be so nervous. I understand that riding around people is scary, but there's a way to do it safely when you're out on the track. You worry about yourself, do your own thing, make passes in smart places, distance yourself from riders in places where you need to. Uh, But as far as the nerves of it, yeah, there's no reason to be nervous about something that's happening in the future. It hasn't happened yet. I obviously know that's easier said than done, but with a lot of practice, and I'm talking a a lot of practice, you can get very good at not thinking about the future, not having anxiety. I had actually more of a lecture than a conversation with Allie last night, my wife, because she's been just complaining that her chest is tight and that she's feeling anxious all of the time. And it just gets me a little frustrated because there's for her, like what, 
what are you anxious about? You know, like life is freaking great. And even if you have responsibilities or things that you have to worry about, it's in the future. So you just create your plan or, or not even, I don't have a plan half the time and just worry about what you're doing in the current moment. And you'll just be happy. You won't think about things that have to be done a day from now or five days from now. And yeah, she's like, Oh, I could just feel my chest getting tight. And then I start to think about it and I'm like, well, it's probably happening because subconsciously you're having anxiety about something. And then if your chest starts to get tight, you just focus on your breathing and you won't notice your chest being tight anymore. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, geez, although I'm not very empathetic for those situations like that either, because I, I, I can get rid of that thought so, so quickly, or I just don't even have that thought. What about you? Do you ever have anxiety or like, I don't even know how to relate. Like when she's saying her chest is tight, I don't even know what that means. No, I mean, my, I, we won't get into the whole thing. It's on the internet somewhere of like my whole life story. And my story is one of anxiety. I remember I went, I went to the doctor for stomach pains and I left with a diagnosis that said I had an anxiety disorder. This was my freshman Mm. year in high school. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I have a whole story. If, if this becomes a clip, then we'll link it below. Don't worry, Jack, I'll take care of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, like, I mean, anxiety is different than being nervous for a race, right? Like anxiety, you got to learn how to use it. And that's a very long conversation that we won't get into unless you want to get into it. But, um, something that you said that is interesting to me back when I used to race is I would be incredibly nervous. And the second the gate dropped, I was just riding my dirt bike. Of course, because you're in the moment focusing yeah. on what you're doing. Uh, anxiety, we could have a five-hour conversation about it if we want. Or we could just talk about it as simply as it is, which is anxiety is an individual concerned about what is going to happen in the future. Whether it's 10 seconds in the future or 10 days or 10 weeks or 10 years. But you don't ever, you don't, you don't ever get anxious about the good things that are going to happen. It's the worst case scenarios. It's just lies. It's just lies you tell yourself and we don't really know why, but it's like, and um, you're stuck in the future. So if you could just focus on your breathing and then just be present and live in the moment that you're currently in anxiety is not something that could even exist. Not to mention, do you know how much of a bummer I look at it? Do you know how much of a bummer it would be to like turn 70 or 80 <laughs> and look back at your life and be like, man, I was always worried about the future and never enjoyed myself. Yeah, that's horrible. Oh, it'd be miserable. That's something to be anxious about, <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's like, yes, yeah, so just don't be, but this is where I give bad advice because yeah. I'm not empathetic <laughs> enough to give the advice. But if you just take the advice, literally, that's what I told Ali last night. I said, I know I sound like a hard ass when I say this, but It is literal for a reason. If you think about the advice literally and take it for what it is literally, then that could solve your problem. And it just takes practice is the only thing like, and you never perfect it either. Your mind is always going to wander places, whether it's in the past or in the future. But if you know, and you can catch yourself in that moment of like, oh shoot, I'm thinking about something that happened. It's making me not feel good. Or I'm thinking about something in the future. It's making me worry you could just bring yourself back to the current moment before it creates a problem. Now we are totally, totally off the rails from the question. However, on this topic, I think if you're oh, someone, dude, I'm parched. If you're, if you're someone who actually like 
struggles with anxiety, which been there. Are you medicated? Personal question. Was I? Yeah. No, I decided if it's in my head, I was going to fix it. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, it was the worst year of my life, but the, um, and it took about a year to get out of it for me. But anyway, this is going to sound like weird advice, but this is the best advice I can give to someone who's super anxious is start focusing on how you can serve and love others. I know that sounds weird, but if you find yourself being anxious about the future, say, nope, how can I be more loving to somebody or how can I serve somebody in some way? Does that sound weird to you, Albert? No, to me, no, not at all. I like that. I think that's good. Because what happens from that is life-giving. But then you could certainly end up in an overthinking situation when it comes to that too. It just depends what type, you how you're, it's, it's hard. And I don't know how other people's brains work. I only know how my brain works, but, uh, I am just simply not the overthinking type. So anxiety for uh, me, huh? You sure? Yeah. With racing, I just simply don't like no, well, with, with what racing, specifically. Yeah. You're not the over... I feel like you're definitely the overthinking type. I think I only say that because you get frustrated so easily over nothing. And I'm just like, what, really? (laughs) Yeah, oh, I wouldn't say that's overthinking. I'd say, if anything, you could describe me as an overthinker on the dirt bike, but I I do that... I I do that that consciously. To a certain extent, I do that consciously because I'm making the decision to ride within my means. I'm making the decision to like be tactical and think about what I'm doing on the bike. So yeah, I guess I'm overthinking on the dirt bike. With my my acute anger and frustrations, uh, I don't know. That could just be freaking CTE for all I know. Don't know what that means. Um, like tra- traumatic brain injuries. Oh, I don't know. It very well could be actually. Well, because do you find like my, I get like, I could kill somebody and then five seconds later be completely happy and the nicest person ever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. It's like the the sky is falling for like five seconds at a time in your world. (laughs) And then it stops. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I guess if, yeah, I guess that's a good way to be. So it'd be nice to eliminate it completely, sure. But when I have, typically, like, when do those moments happen? When I'm driving, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically when something's inconvenient is when you fall apart, mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah, and Which I... Which is I, everybody, right? But Yeah, and the, and the more... Yeah. And I don't like to be that way because I was going to say the more that I design my life to be exactly the way I want it, the more I don't tolerate inconveniences to me or, and also I don't tolerate mistakes. But the thing is like, that's, that's always going to happen. So I just have to live with that. Yeah. And yeah, it's just kind of funny because good enough at it, but I'm not, I could always be better. Like on the topic of driving and road rage. Yeah. Sometimes I'll get a little flustered. But most of the time, nine times out of 10, I'm driving and somebody in front of me does something absolutely ridiculous. And the person in the passenger seat's like freaking out. 
And I'm just mm-hmm. like, was that necessary? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I don't know. It drives me nuts. If somebody like yeah. cuts me off, I'm usually just a blank slate. And then the person next to me is freaking out. But it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Cause what are you going to do really? I mean, nothing. You're going to work yourself up about, about it. And it's like, I know yeah. what, it, what the only, uh, yeah. For me, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm decently good about putting things in the past that have happened. Like if something happens, like, ah, well happened, what are you going to do? Can't change it, you know, but, um, yeah. anywho. Well, well, we went off the rails with that question, but yeah, we thanks did. We, for what was his first name? No idea. Know? Can't remember. <laughs> Uh, I love these so far, though. Thank you guys for sending these in. All right, uh, next one. Hit me with it. Hey, we're at an hour. We are? Yeah. Do you want to save right, the rest want, for another? Let's. Yeah, let's do like two more. Two more questions? Sure. Does that work? Oh, yeah. I just didn't know if you wanted to keep it to an hour or not. Ooh, which one? Which one? Which one? All right, you ready? Ready. Hi, AJ. Hi, Cam. I've been working really hard on my corner entry speed, um, but my question is, my dog bit a kid. Do you know any good lawyers? <laughs> you know who that is, right? I didn't know that was Jackson at first, but as soon as, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Jackson. He said, wow. he sent others. Do you want to hear the other ones? Yeah. Oh my gosh, they're hilarious. <laughs> my dog <laughs> bit a kid. Listen to this. Hey guys, I've been working really hard to set up the perfect rider triangle. My question is, why doesn't my wife respect me? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, dude. I got got one more. You ready? I wish I were funny like that. Here's the last one. Hey guys, I've been trying to set up the perfect rider triangle. My question is, why did my dad leave? So, Unreal. In case you guys don't remember, Jackson was the trip winner, one of the trip winners, um, and we made that ridiculous. He's a stand-up comedian in his free time, so we made that ridiculous video where we were beating him with the stick and all that stuff. Anyway, wow, yeah, Jackson is the best. Isn't that That's hilarious? hilarious. Um, well, Jackson, <laughs> you're not actually going to answer those, are you? Do you know any good lawyers? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Okay, so we'll link them below. Should we end with another serious one? Sure. Well, yeah, sure. Okay, because I got Dave and Akeem, but we'll save them for next time. Quick question for the podcast. Uh, hopefully, I'm getting this in in time. Uh, Cam, uh, I'd be interested to hear you talk about uh, your progression as a writer, uh, especially after going to work for for the Moto Academy full time. Uh, Watching the Pro versus Am videos, it looks like you've progressed uh, quite a bit rather quickly. Uh, but I'd just be interested to hear you talk about that experience as a whole. You know, being around the the bikes and riding so much, and being able to to you know kind of be around that on a daily basis. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. So that's kind of cool. Good question. Great that's kind of cool. Stroking my ego a bit, but great question. Super cool. Okay, so what would you say? Do you think that you have improved drastically? And if so, what has helped the most? Well, I'm going to tell you a story. Okay. We met in 2020. Um, you and I had ridden together, did something in 20. We rode somehow someplace. Maybe it was Bogey Bros. Maybe it was Tomahawk. Oh, yeah, we rode. We did how to jump 100 feet in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, we rode that week at Tomahawk that I was camping there. 
all that stuff. Then we did the 2021 Supercross season. And then yep. in April, right before I got COVID, right before we went to Atlanta, we went back and I remember we were going to shoot videos at Tomahawk and I did a couple laps and I came off the track and you were like, dude, you look like a whole different person. Do you remember that? Nope. <sighs> well, nope. apparently it was a much more significant moment in my life <laughs> than yours. But, um, but you came, you came, I came off the track and you were like, dude, you don't look anything like you did in 20, like last year, last summer. Oh, wow. And here's why. So I'm very much a monkey see monkey do kind of guy. Um, and the 2021 supercross season, I was watching the best riders in the world ride all day long, every single day editing. We were shooting supercross videos. I was editing your GoPro stuff. I was editing like all I've spent more time watching pros ride <laughs> than probably anybody in the app, because you got to think I've edited all the YouTube, all the tutorial videos, all of the YouTube videos, like I've spent an unbelievable, unbelievable amount of time watching the best riders in the world ride. And I think subconsciously consciously, I can't say that word conscious. Don't throw I've, an extra N in there at the end, whatever. I've yeah. just picked up on stuff and like, yeah. And like, I'm not even kidding. Like guys, I am, I am so not trying to like gas up the moto Academy or whatever. Gas it up. But, but seriously, every single class, we do classes like two to four times a week together. And I kid you not every single class. I'm like, Oh, that's a good idea. You know what I mean? Like I never thought, like I thought for sure being with you for all these classes and I don't even ride at them most of the time. But like, I was like, oh, after a while, it's just going to be the same old thing every single time. Like, no, like literally we upload two videos a week on the Moto Academy that are just random snippets from classes. And at classes, we do stand up drill, one hand drill, uh, breaking, cornering, jumping. That's like our curriculum. Mm -hmm. So those videos may look and seem competitive, repetitive, but Literally, there's a nugget of information in each of those that you haven't heard before. And like, I think just being for me, I think the most valuable thing for me has just been watching the footage and me like the technique stuff you teach, all that stuff is just drilled into my head every single day, all day long, literally, because I'm editing all the videos. Yeah. Well, you've been able to download more information than probably most pro riders. Oh, I've gotten my money's worth for the how for many the hours of footage do you think that you've set eyes on? Oh, yeah, I pff. hundreds, obviously. Oh, wh well, more. We have hundreds thousands? of hours probably in the Moto Academy. So probably thousands, thousands of hours. Thousands, of hours. dude. And I don't spend that much time riding. You got to realize like. So I ride probably good, even though, even if you only ride a few times a year, <laughs> I was going to say so much information being downloaded and then sleeping and wait, sleeping on it. Right. And waking back up and downloading the information again, sleeping on it again. I'll you literally can, like ride once every couple weeks. If it's a good summer, mm -hmm. typically, um, which is not a lot of riding. I don't think it's more riding than you do, but it's not a lot of riding. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, it's just like, I just, 
monkey see, monkey do. Especially after you go to a class, after you spend some time in the app, when you watch outdoors this weekend or this summer or whatever, you're going to be like, oh, wow, Ken Roxon looks really freaking good. Like, look, his feet are in the right place. His elbows are in the right place. His head's over the bars. Like, Chase Sexton, wow, he's crazy. It's like, oh, man, Barsha looks like he's going to die. Like, you just start to see all this stuff. You know what I mean? And and I'm at the point, very much so, and I know you're there too, obviously. You can't watch somebody ride without dissecting it. Like, I think I'm starting to drive you crazy at classes now because I keep saying, like, oh, this dude's fee is in the wrong place. And you're just looking at me like, I know. <laughs> but it's like, oh, I don't know. It's cool. Well, I learned how to ride by watching. So the watching part is huge, huge, huge value for you to, even if you heard no dialogue whatsoever of instruction and you were just had to watch thousands of hours, hours worth of footage, you would begin to figure it out and emulate and, and look like the rider that you were watching. So if you're watching thousands of hours of me, you're going to start to ride the right way probably without even knowing what's going on. And then you add on top of that, like you just said, all of the information you've been downloading from these classes and what's awesome. And this is why I still enjoy it and haven't got burnt out yet. Every class is so different because based on the skill level of the riders that are there or the, just the group of riders in general, based on the track or the track conditions, based on the sections specifically that we're working, based on the questions I get, sometimes I'll get a random question that will create this really interesting conversation or dialogue that will like, I, I'll catch myself explaining something that I've never explained ever to anybody in detail. And I'll just be busting out that explanation like on the spot at a class. Um, so that's why I enjoy doing it because I just don't get sick of that. But then for you, you're just learning all of these things all the time. That's why I tell people at class, I say, this is great. This is one long day of training. Awesome. The problem is you're going to get a million pieces of information. You're not going to know what to do with it. So that's why it's important that they get into the app and can train consistently and be seeing the footage consistently and review their footage consistently so that they can track the improvement that way. Um, or if they don't have the means to get into the app or whatever, at least do multiple classes, you know, because by class three or four, that's when you see students not only being able to, to look like they're riding the correct way, but more importantly, you then see the students do what you just said, which is, hey, AJ, watch their feet. They're a little bit messed up here. When they come out of a turn, uh, why, he's dropping his elbow at the end there. I get students, the regulars, that will just be sitting next to me as we're doing section work and are able to pick those things out and point them out to me and say, hey, AJ, you should probably stop this guy in the cow. He's coming by. He's riding a gear too tall. Uh, he's feathering the clutch. Like they're able to pick out these little things that, that riders are doing wrong. Yeah. And once you can recognize it in other people, it's much, much easier to recognize it in real time as you're doing it yourself. The, the problem is, and this is the lecture I always give people at riders meetings at these classes, is that most riders are aimlessly just spinning laps around the track with no rhyme or reason as to what's going on. When they mess up, they don't know what caused them to mess up. When they do it perfectly and rail perfectly, they don't know why they did it perfectly. And... Once you create the understanding, then you unlock, like for you, you know, basically everything you could essentially probably teach these classes on your own at this point. So even if you just rode once a year, I would expect that you would see improvement yeah. and drastic improvement. And same with my brother, my brother, 
studies motocross like crazy. He follows everything that I do. He's inside of the app. So he's watching the videos. My brother rides like once every four years <laughs> and he's very good. That's awesome. Yeah. And he's very good just based on just studying it and that's it. Yeah. So we got a Jack, Cam, whoever's editing this, clip this. Let's pop this on the old YouTube. Yeah. Because uh, this is just how to get good without riding. No, but that's yeah. the, the thing is it's like, here, like, yeah, I really don't ride much. But now the information is so ingrained in my head. It's like, it just starts to happen. And sometimes it's not even intentional. Like, literally, sometimes it's not intentional, which is awesome. Like, yeah. for instance, the, the biggest thing that I've learned in the last couple of years that happened unintentionally was dropping my heels. Because if you do everything else, yeah. it just makes sense. You know what I mean? Like the things start well, to fall into place. Well, that's muscle memory is what you're talking about, where eventually you just start doing things without thinking about that you're doing them. Yeah. Yeah, right. That too. But um, anyway, I'd be the first guy to say that I'm not fast at all. Like my goal is very much just to be safe and to be able to have fun and like go at speed that's fun with my buddies, you know, where we can kind of screw around or whatever. And I don't ever try to go fast. I don't ever try to, I, like I haven't raced since high school, all this stuff. Um, since you and I have been working together, I've cut 15 seconds off my lap time at Tomahawk. Yeah. 15 seconds. Yeah. And it's probably more fun too. Oh, absolutely. And it's easier. It's easier. You're not struggling the whole time. Like also like there were some basic stuff. I was taught to ride off the back of the bike and just do everything wrong anyway. But like, I didn't feel like I was a terrible rider when we started, Mm -hmm. but, um, just the little things it's like but it's again it's just information that i haven't even like yeah i don't even ride that much but i've just heard it all and you know what i mean so it's cool so there you have it folks get in the app if you're not already it was just seriously i'm not trying to make this a sales pitch the watch the like, footage yeah it does work it does work and then when you watch the races you watch supercross mm-hmm. you watch motocross you're going to start picking people apart and that's what you have to do And it'll just become natural at a certain point. So, yeah. And I get asked too, like, Hey, do you still do private lessons? Which I haven't for a while. I just don't obviously don't have time to do one-on-one instruction anymore. But my first response to that is get inside the app. It is more powerful than one-on-one instruction even is because not only do you have the one-on-one instruction from me analyzing your footage in the app, but it gives you like the most broken down version of being able to study the footage. So you could think to yourself, man, uh, how, how do I seat balance a jump? Or how am I supposed to upshift in the air? How do I downshift in the air? How do I, uh, I'm riding up and out of a corner. Why is that happening? All of our videos are so specific that you can kind of catalog it and like find the video quickly that you need to reference and then just study it. And you could do that every day there's a lot of people that don't ride for six months during the winter right so they'll ride a bunch during the summer they'll practice a couple times a week they'll race on the weekends and then they go five months just not touching a dirt bike period yep i would argue that you could learn more and improve more in that five months off the bike than you could while you're riding i really do believe that that's why people are like oh i just came back from an injury um, and somehow i feel faster than i've ever felt because sometimes just downloading that information and sleeping on it and just like becoming smarter uh, and knowing what to do 
when by the time you get back on the bike, you execute correctly. And then you just, all of a sudden you see that massive improvement. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Right. Well, I like it. thank you all for sending in questions. If we didn't get to the questions that you sent in for this podcast, they will be first on the docket for the next podcast. Um, we The goal is to do these weekly. Obviously, we have the most ridiculous schedules ever. Like, act- And I'm not saying that as an excuse. I'm just stating a fact. We have ridiculous schedules, <laughs> but we'll absolutely get to those. And then um, anybody who's listening, if you have a question, doesn't have to be about riding, can literally be about anything, send it to Cameraman Cam in the app. And we'll talk about it on a podcast in video form, please. If you could. Yes. Send in those videos, click the top left tab, direct message, type in cameraman cam fire a video through. Don't send it to me because I will just answer within the chat. If you want it to be on the podcast, make sure you send it to cam. Good okay. deal. My head hurts now. This is right on the freaking bump. Oh, that's the worst. Uh, and I got a, it's two 30. Uh, my flight's at five. So I got to go to the airport. Yep. Yes, I do. walk the dog and then hit the airport. Hope my flight doesn't get delayed. I haven't eaten yet today either. And it's two 30. So that's not good. Going to go eat. <laughs> Evan would be disgusted. Yeah. I'm going to go veg on something. Okay. Well, this Don't is eat fun. too much. Cause we have hibachi tonight. Hmm. Mm. Can't wait for that. It's going to be so okay. good. It's been real. Toodaloo.